When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello, everyone. Today I'm joined by Rob Yates, a young left-handed batter looking forward to going down under soon with the England Lions alongside England's Ashes Party. Thanks for joining me, Rob. Hello. Well, congratulations first. You you must be so excited at being selected for the England Lions. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, delighted to be on. And uh, yeah, no, I'm really excited to go. It's only two days away now, three days. So on Thursday the 4th, we, uh, we fly out and can't wait to kind of get on the plane. And I mean, it'll be a, we'll have a few days quarantine. So it'll almost be a delayed excitement to get out the hotel room yeah no, I bet. yeah have you been to australia before never um it's always been a plan to go one day in some form or another but yeah it's a uh, quite so a nice way to visit visit it first time i think yeah first trip and you're representing england so how did yeah. you find out how do you find out that you've been selected uh well i was actually fast asleep in bed and my phone went off um, and I thought it was, my, it was a Saturday morning, I thought it was my alarm, um, but I hadn't sent an alarm, so I was a bit confused and then obviously saw an unknown number, so I picked it up and uh, yeah, that was the that was the call. So, so thankfully I woke up and, and answered it. Oh, it was a good alarm call to get on a Saturday morning, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I just stayed in bed for the next hour or so, just calling for parents and stuff and letting people who need to know know. So who made the call to you to let you know you've been selected? Uh, Mo Babat, um, he's a director um, of the Lions. So, yeah, no, it was a nice, a nice call, that. Yeah, it was a good start to the weekend. Uh, so how's the packing going? I'd say this, this podcast will be going out on Sunday the 7th, uh, but how's the packing going at the moment? Well, it's all half, half already done, I guess, because I've had to isolate at my parents' home. So last week, um, I got picked up from my uni house. I literally chucked everything I thought I might need in my suitcases, brought them back to my parents' home. Um, so all you need to do is sort of filter out what I am going to take and what I'm not going to take. And I'm nearly there. So that'd be a job, job to do tomorrow or the day after once, it, once it's literally a day or two. I, I don't mind packing too early because I always find out I need, I need something for whatever I'm doing beforehand. And then, and then it gets too complicated so leave it all so when it's washed and dried and then, and then i'll do it 
So a lot of work for mum to do the next two or three days then, is it? Uh, no, I won't say that. I, I, I'm quite a... I do, I do my share. <laughs> it is my stuff. Um, yeah, when it, when it comes to packing, that's, that's down to me. I don't like leaving it. I don't like leaving it out, out of my hands. And you'll find out when you get there whether you've forgotten something then, won't you? Yeah, there's bound to be something, isn't there? Although I'm a bit of an overpacker. I can, for a four-day four county game, I can can take a suitcase and not use half of the stuff in there. Now, you're like me. I always overpack when I because I've been to Australia quite a few times and I always take far too many things. I think it's better that way, isn't it, than, than taking too less. Now, what did you think when you started the 2021 season of your chances of being where you are today, looking forward to going to Australia? Um, I mean, it wasn't on my radar. I was in a bit of a bad place in my batting at the start of spring um, and then once the season started I found, I found a little bit of rhythm and then I think once I got that 100 against Essex I got, got a bit of belief that I could that I could do it again I sort of lost that belief over the Covid year last year which was a bit strange for everyone and then almost about ages ago since my break but not what you expected no not what you expected no not what I expected um, to be honest, my target was to kind of become a sort of cement place in my first team at Warwickshire because yeah. I was I felt it was a bit my place was under under threat a little bit. Um, well, let's come back to that. I just wanted to go, come on to that later in in the in the podcast, but just really go back to your very beginnings of cricket and what was what is your first cricketing memory? Uh, my first cricketing memory that would be. Uh, playing with my granddad and dad in the back garden um, at my very first house would be about what two or three um, had to have a, a proper ball proper hard hard leather ball uh, no plastic balls um, yeah I just remember the summer wow well, they were toughing you up early then weren't they even, the Christmas, even Christmas time get them outside of the garden chucking chucking a ball to me and whacking it around you know it was a story of my childhood just there was a ball around find something to find a game to play with it. Because we were speaking off air, and I'm so old here, that in 2005, when England won the Ashes back, that you were only six and you can't really remember 2005. Yeah, no, I can't remember watching it. I, I, I vaguely, you know, it's like when you're like a toddler, you can you have vague images, but you... I wouldn't have had a clue the significance or what was going on. But you played uh, for Warwickshire at um, age levels from, what was it, about as young as 10, was it? Yeah, 10. Um, yes, child when I was 10. Um, and stayed, a bit, stayed in the pathway until signing, which was quite nice. Uh, I started playing, started playing at Mosley when I was eight. That'd been a Friday night with a tennis, tennis ball and then progressed to up to the hardball group and then um, and then yeah I got, got so I got got into the Warwickshire part of my dream mostly cricket club in, in Solihull and I noticed um, looking through your an under 13 game you opened the batting with Tom Banton who's since played for England who now plays for Somerset yeah he was well he was there right through the age groups um, he was in the academy as well when I was there so he uh, he left me about 16 or 17 yeah he was always 
even from under tens, you knew you knew he was going to be something quite special. I think. Well, you made your second eleven debut at sixteen in two thousand and seventeen. Was that twelve a side match? I noticed. Um, when did you know that you wanted to be or become a professional cricketer? Was that on uh, your radar then? Yeah, it was. It was when I say it was on my radar, it was. I always wanted to be a professional sports sportsman. Um, from I can so when I was growing up, it was cricket, tennis, and football. Um, did my bit with a few academies, football, and then my family weren't too keen. And the idea of going down a, uh, the football path. I also had cricket and tennis, so then I kept tennis and cricket up seriously, and then dropped my tennis. Well, I was say dropped it, just phased, fizzled out when I was about 15, 15, 16. Um, so then cricket was the, the only route then. Uh, but I always wanted to play professional cricket right from when I started playing with Warwickshire and the tent. Um, and then just getting the EPP and the academy, you start to think, right, it's more serious. So the academy was 15, and you think, right, it's more of a, well, you can see it almost then. but even when you're in the academy, you've got a, a second team. Your second team, you get a bit more of a taste for it. And from there, you think, oh, maybe, maybe not. You're not quite sure. I was never too sure I was going to get a contract until I was actually offered a contract. A lot, 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 of, lot of people, you say you go through the pathway, but a lot of people um, you've played with through those pathway haven't made it. And you made your first team debut against Hampshire in May 2019 at Edgbaston. And you were facing... Carl Abbott and Fidel Edwards. That was quite a tough start. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, I'd already have a list A debut like a week or two before, so I'd, I kind of got that those nerves of first game, first first team game. But obviously, first first class games. It's about first class, but that's something a bit more special. And then, yeah, having Carl Abbott and Fidel Edwards, um, quite a quite an introduction. It was quite cool though, like that, that season, um, I just remember that summer having loads of like, really exciting challenges, because um, to me, I didn't, I didn't have that much pressure on me then, I don't think. It was almost quite naive going in, playing against all these names that I've heard against, um, and I, I didn't have anything to lose really. Uh, that's how I saw that. I, I it was really, really enjoyable. Yeah, I noticed in, you, know, you, you, you had a good run in the side. 10 matches before you made your first century against Somerset, a game that, funny enough, Tom Banton was playing in. And facing the two Overtons, Dom Bess, um, you got a 141. What do you remember about the first century? Yeah, um, I remember it quite well, actually. Uh, yeah, I just remember, well, how special it was. And I got the, got the 100, I remember, I think I was on 98 over lunch or something. And, uh, I wanted one of my legs and lo and behold, I got one of my legs hit it for two. And uh, yeah, it was quite a, quite a special, special feeling. Um, someone sent me a video of it somewhere, but I think, I think that's been lost over getting new phones and stuff. Yeah. That's, um, that's a day I won't forget in a hurry. So did that innings make a lot of difference to how you felt as a, as a Warwickshire player? Yeah, absolutely. I think it gave me, the confidence that I could do it. It's always that 100 that you, you believe you can do it, but you don't know if you can do it until you do do it. Um, I think it also 
showed other people as well that I could do it. Um, but yeah, that, that that gave me a lot of confidence going into the following year and even coming into this year that I can do it. It's almost one in the bank that, that you can do. Yeah, well, that season you got 570 runs and averaging 30. And then, as you say, you moved into 2020 um, when you didn't start playing uh, first-class cricket until the beginning of August. What what was it like waiting to play that long before you could play? It, yeah, it was a bit weird. Just everyone in general, it was a strange time, wasn't it? Um, you weren't, no one was quite sure what to expect. Um, I actually remember coming back from that time off. I can't remember how long it was now. We were allowed to train during July before the season started in August. <laughs> Felt in the best form of my life when I, when I went back to um, play. We had a few warm-up games and practice sessions. And then the, <laughs> the season came and I, an absolute stinker. I was, I was awful um, in the Red Bull stuff. Um, but that's just one of those where you, you learn how to um, deal with challenges like that. But... Yeah, it was it was a strange year. Almost like you're waiting waiting for it to start for so long, and then it was just over straight away. Yeah, it was only those five games, I think. Was it? But you also played, um, made your T20 debut in 2020, I think. Yeah, I did. I had quite a nice time with T20 that year. Um, I got a small go towards the back end of the season. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, quite enjoyed that. It was new, something almost try and shrug off a label of just being a Red Bull only player, um, which I'm sure I'll, I'll have for a while, but um, I, don't, I don't see myself as a Red Bull only player. I can do it in the white ball. Um, just need to kind of show it. And you, you mentioned earlier that you're at Birmingham University studying English language. Don't worry, we're not onto the grillers yet. <laughs> um, did, did 2020 allow you to catch up with um, your studies? Um, not, playing, not playing so much cricket. No, it, it, it actually didn't. Um, it, allowed, it, well, it gave me time to think and sort myself up the year, the next year. But that year, it was all a bit um, just for many reasons. It was I didn't actually get ahead and, as you suggest, get ahead and sort of better myself at uni. Um, but yeah, I mean it. it allowed me time to think and I split my third and final year which was a thought that came up in COVID so this year I'm still at uni is my fourth year but it's technically the final half of my third year um and now this this lion's called up from <laughs> could turn into a fifth year but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll be avoiding staying in uni uni digs um if I have to do an extra year next winter you were saying earlier, you just don't want to um, uh, stay in digs with George Garrett. Is that what it is? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, George was on the podcast sometime last year. So, uh, but let's move on to 2021. Now, you uh, got 907 first class runs, you scored five centuries, you won two trophies the county championship and the Bob Willis trophy. Um, you also got 21 catches. Um, what a fantastic season! But three wickets as well. <laughs> well, I, well, I've got another thing actually. You also played. Um, you also played cricket in October, and not many people do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, it was a great season. I'd have um, taken that at the start of the uh, start of the year. Um, I didn't know about the the twenty 
20 odd catches. Um, that's quite a nice stat. Uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty that um, I can take positive from the season. And um, I'm quite quite glad there's, there's plenty of areas that are, um, I think I can work on and I know I can work on um, to try and, well, hopefully make it even better season in years to come. Did it did it to change you opening the batting rather than batting at three because Dom Sibley was playing for England? Yeah, um, I mean, I used to, I used to prefer batting at three. Um, I don't know why. There's something that I I did, I did a mixture when I was growing up between three and opening. And then in my first year, I preferred batting at three because you get that time to kind of relax when you come off the field. It's almost a, bit of a psychological thing. Um, but then opening, I've grown to prefer more now because I'm a terrible waiter. I can't wait in the dressing rooms. I don't really know how to. I don't know what to do. Um, just me in general. I can't sit down for two seconds. Um, so, but either either, either is, they can be the same sometimes, can't they? Um, yeah, it was, opening didn't have to change much in terms of Actual batting is more a psychological thing, I think. And of those five centuries, you got you got one in the Bob Willis Trophy final. What was your favourite innings of of the season? Uh, I think the one against Essex at the start of the year. Um, I think that was my favourite one because did a lot of work over over the winter on on um, on spin, and then came up against Harmer on a day four pitch. Needed. 260 odd to to win and to be there at the end and win a game for, for Warwickshire was was quite a good feeling. I, I wish I was uh, fans in on that game actually, but state of state of affairs with COVID um, that stage that we didn't. But um, yeah, in terms of innings, I thought that one um, quite enjoyed the one at Lords as well. But I'll go, I'll go with Essex. Yeah, that must have been the Essex game. Must have been one of those, but. Games that were being streamed to the world, then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not quite sure the world, but yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned earlier that you you enjoy playing in the T Twenty, and Warwickshire got to the quarterfinals. Is that an area of cricket that you want to play more of, and, and also get in the hundred one day? Yeah, that'd be that'd be um, brilliant. I want to. I love like trying to expand my game. Um, I think twenty twenty is quite exciting. Um, yeah, that's the whole point of it really um, it's quite a nice release as well uh, from kind of Red Bull cricket because Red Bull cricket naturally probably heard can be quite like draining long season in terms of mentally it's challenging um, obviously T20 has its own set of challenges but it's a, it's a nice refreshing new set of challenges and it, it, it's a way to kind of do something that I don't usually get to do um, have a have a hit out, and um, I always like it to a football match more. Like your energy's right at the top, all the way through the game. Especially when you're fielding, quite enjoy fielding in 2020s. Just running and running and running. You feel like you feel like you've had a proper workout after it. Um, so yeah, I'm quite excited to try and improve my game in the, in the 2020s. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully one day I can get drafted in in the, in the hundred. Yeah, what did you think to the hundred? One of your yeah, players, Chris Benjamin, was was setting it alight. Really, oh, he's brilliant, wasn't he? 
he tore it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the hundred was um, fantastic. I thought I, was, I wasn't too sure what I was going to expect at the beginning. Um, when the crowds and everything, it was it was a lot of people who I knew who um, didn't know about didn't know too much about cricket, but they were, they were there watching. They were talking about it. And I've heard other people say that about their friends and people they know. So it's clearly started off on the right tracks. Coming up next week, my guest is one of England's favourite cricketers of the late 1980s and 1990s and one of its fastest ever bowlers. Here's a clip with Devon Malcolm talking about his batting. The podcast will be available from Sunday the 14th of November. Tell you what, I mean, a lot of people make fun of my batting. Yes, my batting at the best of time was comical, but I, I will tell you this. I, uh, I work very hard to get in my, my batting average all the way up to 6.25, mate, so don't take the mickey. But what, what, what normally happens as a number 11, so when I played, it's not like now where, you know, um, guys uh, are, uh, have their batting practice and all that business at number 11, and you have quite a bit of chance practicing. At number 11, I normally get out there, try to entertain the crowd, hit sixes, hit fours, get my shoulder warm up, ready to bowl. Yeah, but, um, you know, you talk about the great the great Shane Warne, fantastic bowler. And, um, you know, if you ask Shane Warne, he said, I possibly hit him for a couple of the biggest sixes. Uh, I remember playing uh, uh, um, probably 94 at Adelaide and actually hit him out the park. I mean, <laughs> you can't hit people out the park in Australia. The pitches are slip, the grounds are so large. But at Adelaide, I remember putting him in the bushes in Adelaide. You know, <laughs> all the guys were saying they'd never seen a ball hit that far. And now back to Rob, where we find out more about gorillas. Right, we've got to go back then to the Essex game, which is the one that seemed to pick up your story of your yeah. English language degree when they... I think you you um, had to delay doing a dissertation about gorillas. Yeah, I should have never Is that right? It. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I didn't actually have to delay it in the end. I just um, I think I was just a bit behind track on it, but I, I got it in on time. So you, you've yeah. got to give us a bit more detail. Why are you doing a dissertation about gorillas? Well, okay, it's not a dissertation. It, it was just one. It was an assessment for one module. Um, and the module was animal communication and language evolution. So we had to write, do a research project of our own, um, either on language evolution or animal communication. And I thought, why not do it on gorillas? Like, there's a lot, there's plenty of weird and wonderful other assessments that my mates did. Um, I thought, do it on gorillas. Actually, although it was painful doing it uh, at times, it was I actually quite enjoyed it in the end. Um, so I think I had a comparative of their chest beating functions. Uh, don't so if you want, because I, ca- you I can't, I can't remember. I think I found the results against. I don't think they matched up with my hypothesis. Um, so yeah. It, that's that label stuck with me, but it's all right. I got a first in it, and which I've never got before, so I was very happy with that. Uh, so if David Attenborough needs an assistant, then you're you're the man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Well, wherever you go now, if you if you start sco- continue to score runs, there's bound to be some puns about gorillas in there, isn't there? So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Take it on the chin. <laughs> well, let's just sort of get towards the end of the podcast and go back to the Lions trip. Um, how many games have, have the Lions got lined up when they get out to Australia? Um, so there's three, and those three are. There's a three-day game between. Now I'm pretty sure it's a mixed inter-squad game. So there's the Test squad and the Lions squad. And my impression at the moment is that the team's going to be mixed for that three-day game. And then there's a a four-day game, and I'm under the impression that one is the England Test team versus the Lions team. Um, and then there is a game against Australia A um, running parallel with the first test match. I think that starts the day after the first day just because of in case anyone gets injured or something. So you've got some tough cricket ahead then? Yeah. Um, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Plenty I'm sure of new challenges. Yeah. Especially playing against the, the England side. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, um, it'll be an, another challenge and himself that'd be good for um, second summer never never goes amiss and and you're going to be based in queensland is that right yeah queensland, brisbane. Yeah, so yeah brisbane gold coast and brisbane and the big question then what do you think are england's chances of, of winning the ashes i think they've got, got every chance haven't they why not um well they're both pretty they're pretty evenly matched when australia came here um We've got plenty of experience in our bowling lineup, so why not? And you think Ben Stokes will make a big difference? Yeah, massive. That's great news to see him back. Um, he's well, we've seen what he can do, can't we? He's world class, one of the best players in the world. Um, I think from watching, he just brings in a, brings something extra to the team with cricket and just his charisma on the pitch. Right, well, I'm going to have to pin you down for a prediction, though. What's the score going to be? Five tests? 2-1 England. Right, we'll hold you to that. When the England boys hear this podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much, um, Rob, for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion. The very best of luck on the uh, flight, your first flight to Australia. And I hope all goes well. And uh, as we said off air, we might be able to get a, a podcast out of you when you get there to find out what you've been doing in quarantine. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, so hopefully catch up with you again in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, hope to see you in, hope to see you in, in quarantine. Yeah. Okay, look forward to it. And thanks again for joining me on The Paddock and the Pavilion. Cheers, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram, at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Podcast Network.